Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. To me, there, and this is overgeneralization, but there's three kinds of, of pastors today out there. You got the guys who are the wannabe megachurch pastors. For, actually, four kinds. You got the real megachurch pastors. Yeah. But you got the, the guys who are suffering because they're trying to act like a megachurch when they're not. And so they basically become uh, never a success in their own eyes because they mm-hmm. can never achieve what they're not gifted to achieve. And then you got on the complete other end of the scale, you got the DMM guys. And if, you know, if I had it to do all over again, if I was 19 years old in 1964, I would do exactly what I did because that was what was available. Uh, I would I would jump through all the hoops denominationally. I'd do all the junk I did and I would plant churches exactly like we did. But if I were 19 years old today, I would go to school and educate myself. I'd become an engineer. I, I used to say I want to be an architect. I, I, I hate modern architecture. I, I like the you know traditional architecture of Hawaii, the plantation style houses. I like to go to Europe, look at the old buildings. I but I could make a good engineer. I like to figure things out and put things together. I'd probably be a mechanical engineer, and I would do the DMM thing. And I know there's guys that are coming out of seminary now, going, I don't want to be paid by a church, which I think they should be paid by a church. Uh, the worker is worthy of his hire. But in between there, you got the, the, the people who are kind of like you. They're, they're, they're midlife, um, leading a, a legacy church, a prevailing model church. They see the power of a microchurch network. Yes. And they would like to get there, but it's bruising to them. They, they, could, they could destroy their church by making change too quickly. Uh, we've always learned to make haste slowly, slowly. As, yeah. as a group. What would you say to the person who is kind of in the chair that you were in a few years ago, who is trying to, because I think, I think there's value in maintaining that legacy church as a hub. You don't want to let the thing die, but you want to kind of get off in the corner and do some new things with some new people and then let that grow and expand into whatever it will grow to. What, what would you say, you know, here I am, I'm pastoring 400 people. And we've been doing this for a long time. We're pretty set in our ways. I have a board who doesn't really like the idea of uh, doing microchurch. Uh, how, how am I going to get around and make all these things work and really mine the potential that Jesus has invested in my church? Talk to me about that. And then we'll, we'll kind of wind this up with all that. Well, Ralph, you know, I could just talk from personal experience. When I first introduced this concept at Journey, um, and I was talking about this before COVID, actually, um, my counsel balked at me because right away they heard you want to destroy what we have on the weekend. And you just want to, you know, blow it all into the wind. And and I and I so I, I kind of, you know, I had my plan that I had in here, you know. Um, I had, you know, so you I guess you want to prayerfully just look at what is it start with the end in mind, what you want to do. Um, 
don't don't be so afraid that you know talk to your elders about it and let them push back and then that'll give you a sense of the timing and then you you do what we do you know it's just like you say hey you know what we're not going to blow the church up but how about i try and experiment you know, you you trust me. We've been together a long time. I'm just going to do this, you know, because I have the time. I can manage things and everything. I won't disrupt anything that we're doing, but I'll take one group of people and let me just try and experiment. And you 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 start small, Ralph. You just get a couple people and start small and, and just see how the idea births. And that's what I did. And it's just like I didn't realize, and this was pre-COVID we went in, but the guys that I started talking to, they're the ones that were the the ready deployed guys that said they were ready to start the groups that we needed. And it's like, and then from there, it's just like um, as we went along, um, the council during COVID said, okay, we're going to go back to Sundays. We'll go back to Sundays. And I said, okay, we will. And then I, but then I brought in reality. Um, schools weren't available. And then when they started being available, Ralph, you know what they did here. They, they tripled the price of everything. They just jacked the prices because they knew they had a market. And then the other thing is, as I began to experiment, I said, you know what? And I, I what I did was, um, again, Ralph, this is another thing you taught me over the years. If, if this is the Lord, I'm going to run totally in the opposite direction. And I said, okay, I'm going to push to do the Sunday thing. So, okay, let's set it up once a month and do this. But the people weren't coming back. Soon it was just myself, Arlen, and one of the guys setting up the chairs. And I told to the council after a couple months, they said, you know what? At my age, I'm not going to be setting up chairs every week and doing this. And I said, how about you? we just, you know, I've got this thing. How about we just let it explode a little bit more? But I let it happen over time, Ralph. And then the thing is, basically, the fruit of what the Lord was doing bore itself. Again, back to the university idea. Where's the flat grass? Okay. And then getting your council to say, can we pour some in on this? And now there's total ownership. I had one guy leave my council because he said, you know what, I, you know, I just, you know, it's just like, I, I can't see us paying you to, to, to help Ken and to be with John and Fumi. And, but the rest of my council said, you know what, we see the big picture, but Ralph took about three years to turn the ship. And you, if, if it hadn't been for COVID and it hadn't been because the school, the public schools, our model in Hawaii was we planted churches in public schools. Yes, we did. The last church I planted, Hope Honolulu, when I left the big church, it we couldn't get a public school because there was a, a church in every school. But coming out of COVID, they did two things. They had they had tripled the rent, which made it impossible for smaller congregations. And the I mean they're 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 charging rent as if it was a hotel ballroom. Yes. In Waikiki. That that is insane. But the other thing is they opened the public schools for school, but wouldn't open it for outside activities, no. which I believe was designed to keep the churches out. So we had another whole year beside COVID where a, a church couldn't be in a school. So that changed the face of the church in Hawaii. So you went into COVID with a pretty sizable congregation on Sunday mornings. Yeah. You came out of COVID if those other things hadn't happened, you would have still had a sizable weekend presence, which now you don't have because COVID kind of forced you into the future very quickly. Yes. But for the other guy who is listening to this, who he owns a building, uh, church owns a building, they're, 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 they meet, there's several hundred people, that's probably always going to still be. Yes. We would want need to hold on to that. We need to hold on to it. Yeah, we're not trying to tear that down. We're trying to go, how do you win permission 
how do you disciple maybe a few people off in a corner uh, to begin to think differently and, 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 and build out from there? Um, you know, I, I, what I don't want anybody to get the impression of, of is that you intentionally downsized to the small group that you now have on, on the weekend. And you, you've upsized hugely in the, in the network. But if, if you hadn't had to face the problem with the Board of Education and COVID and all that, you would have still held on to the, to the Sunday thing the way that it looked before and done what you're doing now. Is that correct? Ralph, and the thing, yeah, that is. And the thing is, is that just so you know, I, I have a contract with this school that I'm meeting with on Saturdays and I still have a heart because, you know, our, you know, we've always taught our church planners, what are the measures? 312, 120. You know, it's just like, if you get to 120 as a legacy church, you know what, then you've done it just like Jesus. You got 120. So 120 plus one is gravy. So I haven't lost sight of that on a Saturday. So that's still there. And that will always be there because that's a part of my DNA. But at the same time, Ralph, what you're talking about, you know, going in your DeLorean and going back to 19 and saying, I'll be an engineer and do this kind of stuff that I think there's, there's where I see things going is that, um, that people, they want to hold on to their profession, but they want to serve the Lord, you know? And I think that, so how do we as a church accommodate where the grass is flat now? And 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 then and, and we have the privilege if 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 we can be a little more secure and saying, you know what, you do what I do, but you stay in your job. And and then we endorse a living room and call it a church. I think that's the other thing, Ralph, that the privilege of us legacy pastors, we have the privilege of calling something a church. Because it's guys like that say, Well, that's not a church, it's in a living room. No, it is a church. And we have to have the courage in Christ to say, you know what, they're just as much a pastor as me. They're doing it. And then here's the thing is, and because they have business savvy and experience, they probably can do it better than us. They know how to multiply. And here's the other thing, Ralph, last thing is Luke 10 is the heart of it is they're out there doing church on a Monday, Monday through Saturday. Our people, they're 40 plus hours a week. They're with people that are hungry for God. You know, Luke 10 says what? Find the person of peace, spend time with them. Then you said, find a way to meet their needs, pray for them, and then earn the right to talk about the privilege of the kingdom of God. And then what I find with micro church, mini church, whatever we're doing now is that um, if your ego is okay with it, I tell my guys that you don't have to bring them back to the studio on Saturday. That's not the end game. But if, if it's, they're more comfortable watching us and I, we, we do a bang on job. So the mini churches, they watch the message and they, they do head, hard hands, which I'm fine with. And they can, if they don't like the worship, they can fast forward and go right to the message. And, um, but the thing is, is that, what once once they're out there, these guys they can start something out there, Ralph. And so the guys know in our network the goal isn't to bring them to Saturday, which I know sounds bizarre. But now that they have permission to do it out there, you know, they're gonna start a lunchroom once a week thing. One of our ladies that has one of our networks, she's she's at a longtime private school in Kapolei, and she she's got a group of people. Some of them don't know Christ, but they pray together, these non-Christians, every week, Ralph. And, and she goes, do I have, you know, they don't really want to come to journey. I said, that's okay. You carry, you're there, you're their pastor, you take care of them. And so, and you know, I'm preaching a choir with you, Ralph, but I just, for the guys out there that are watching, please have the courage to call those, those groups a church. That's the heart of what I think. I'm honored to do this. And I think that um, I'm excited about it. We're actually going to change the church name officially next month, the Journey Church Hawaii Mini Church Network. 
that's going to be our official name. Um, and we'll still do the Saturday thing. You know, I, I think that um, vocabulary is extremely powerful. In, in exponential, we're always talking about how values beget narratives, beget behaviors. That yeah. you know, this is what we value. This is what we then talk about. This is what our people will do. I think you have to insert vocabulary in there. I remember in Hermosa Beach days when we were uh, planting bivocational uh, churches. The guy had a job. We didn't want him to leave his job. You know, if the church outgrew him and, and he needed to be paid by the church full time because the church got so big, which it did quite often, then that would be fine. But otherwise, keep your job. And then Carl George, we hired Carl George to come and do a, a, a training for us. And he coughs up the word bivocational. It was the first time I'd ever heard that. And it was like, oh, that gives validity to what we're doing. These guys are not just guys who kept their job and pastored because the denomination and the groups that I was associated with called them losers because yeah. they, they they pastor a church that can't afford to pay them, so they're a loser. No, no, they're a bivocational pastor. Now mm-hmm. they're somebody. And so when, when we came up with this word microchurch, uh, I think it's a powerful word Again, vocabulary that that lady that is in that school cafeteria with those other women is the pastor of a micro church. Now she's somebody, and 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 the church is is something, and it, and it does lend validity. But we're going to have to have the courage to stand up there and say these these things. They're real. Yes, and this is why they're real, and and sometimes defend that to the people who who don't believe that. I want to uh, wind this thing down. So okay. I want to know if you're willing to do this. There's bound to be some people who are listening to this who maybe hate what you're saying, but probably love what you're saying and would like to know more and would like to be in contact with you. But, uh, is is there a, a good way that we can publish for a lot of people to hear? Because there's like 4,500 people who have access to this thing, perhaps actually more now because we're on other different uh, media outlets but is there a contact that you could give to us yes um the my email address is pastor john at journeyhawaii.com that's the best way to reach me and it's just like and you know let me know what you want to do and it's just like um and and i want to honor you so we'll just we'll figure out a time we can get together if if it's several of you maybe we can do something as a group and do a, a discussion format or something but yeah uh, i'd be honored very good. Well, just thanks for thanks for being my friend all these years and putting up with me. And thanks for uh, taking time to do this today. Thanks, Ralph. And bless you all. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.